You know, is there anybody in ACC hoops that's willing to play defense? Not quite sure, but that makes for fun and close games. We'll see and talk about three good matchups we saw on Wednesday night, preview some of that NC State-UNC rivalry on Thursday for the women's side of things. But we have locked on Syracuse Tyler Aki in the building. And of course, I know he's got a lot to talk about it when it comes to the men's game. So let's get into it. ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thank you for making me your first listen each and every day, followed by the Locked On Syracuse podcast with Tyler Aki and his crew. Listen, today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Tyler, happy new year. So good to have you back, my friend. Happy New Year. Feels like it's been a while since we've uh, reconvened, and I think a lot of things are the same. No one's playing defense. (laughs) Nobody wants to play defense. (laughs) Is this a one-bit ACC? The people are asking. I saw Matt Norlander, I believe, and uh, and Jeff Goodman tweeting about it last night, but oh boy. I mean, trying to pick through who the tournament teams are, it is Duke, and then (laughs) it is a lottery after that. A hundred percent. I hate to have that we had to meet under these circumstances, but certainly we are still having the same conversations that we did at the start of the season. We figured, you know, in January, people start to figure things out, create an identity, really decide for themselves what kind of team they wanted to be. But it doesn't quite seem like that. And I know we're going to go over these three games, but for you overall, is it kind of annoying to have the same conversation still here in January as we're really in the thick of conference play? You know, It's fun in the sense that anyone can beat anyone. Anyone can hang with anyone on any given night in this league. Even Duke. I mean, Georgia Tech gave him a good fight the other night. But it's frustrating in the sense that, okay, you're probably going to get three or four teams in the tournament. It'd be fun if you were getting like eight or nine teams in, right? Yeah. Kind of like how the Big Ten's shaking out right now. The Big Ten's probably a conference that's going to get eight, nine bids into the NCAA tournament. But when you're looking at three or four from the ACC's lens, that's where it's frustrating. It's not fun when it's bad basketball. It's fun when it's good (laughs) basketball and anyone can beat anyone. A hundred percent. Well, let's get off right going with this Pittsburgh Louisville game. Pittsburgh coming in. They are still in search of their first ACC win. And I'm like, okay, please. And it could be maybe possibly with this Louisville squad. It came down to a final possession. The one shot that was actually on the rim. It was really close for the Pittsburgh player, but unfortunately came up short 75 72. And now the Panthers are sitting at five and nine on the year while Louisville keeps rolling at 10 and four. Cable is doing all he can, but it might be all she wrote over there in Pittsburgh. I don't know. What are you thinking? I'm looking at, at Capel right now, and this might be – I don't know if he's going to make it through the season at this point. Really? Like it, it's it's at that point. Like, he's had time to sort of build this thing up, but he's looking at right now in the mirror, and he's never had more than six ACC wins. You think Pitt's yeah. going to get six ACC wins this year? I don't. And, like, <laughs> that's the thing. like right now I'm pretty sure Pitt is not projected to win a single ACC – okay, they play BC this weekend – at home and that's their only Mm -hmm. projected victory for the rest Mm -hmm. of the season and listen if you go storming into that acc tournament as the 15th seed like i i don't see a reason for capel to be back he's clearly struggled and and maybe this was the wrong situation but you've seen just look at all the players that have left the program 
and have played mm-hmm. well too. Like, I mean, Xavier Johnson struggled a little bit, but like a Marcus Carr, he played mm-hmm. really well at Minnesota and now he's starting to find his groove at, at Texas. Like there's a number of pit players that have left the program and found success. It feels like everyone's got a pit player out there on mm-hmm. their roster right mm-hmm. now that's finding success somewhere else. So I, I don't know if Cable's going to make it the rest of the way. And, and if I'm pit right now, I don't know what the financials look like of, of buying out Capel and all that, but I would not be shocked and it might be time to go because listen, this is, this thing's not going to get better before the end of the season. For sure. You guys definitely check out locked on pit podcast with our guy, Nick Farrenbaugh. He certainly has his thoughts on coach Capel and there is a huge payout, but the recruiting issue is also big. Who's going to come want to come to pit after seeing kind of what they're dealing with. That's a big component, but they always find money. Right. And I think the ACC championship from the football program, maybe find a little bit more money and how to escort somebody out. But I think, you know, firing somebody mid season, it's, I think it's different in uh, pro sports, right? You obviously have the opportunity to have somebody interim coach, and that's just the nature of the beast in the business. When it comes to college, you know, you got guys going to people's homes telling you, like, your mom's yeah. gonna be, we're gonna bring you somebody that's going to be great, and all of this good stuff. And so now you're kind of stuck with his, you know, coaches who probably are gonna be switched out as well. And so it leaves a lot of unanswered questions and a lot of frustration as you're trying to move the program forward. So I don't know what the answer is. And then for Capel, for his, like, what's next? You, Going back to Duke, would you be an assistant under Coach Shire? There's going to be a spot <laughs> open. There's going to be a spot open once everyone bumps up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. But I think, you know, that's almost like tail between your legs because you were at the top. When you are when you get to be the person who calls the shots, it, to me, is very humbling to have to go backwards a little bit. I don't know. Maybe that's just me personally. I don't know. How would you feel about taking – well, it is Duke too, but how would you feel about taking kind of a secondary role? Well, I think that's where he's thrived in the past. I mean, just look at what he did at Duke. I mean, he was the master recruiter there for, I mean, like when you think of those uber talented teams that Duke has had in the the mid 2010s and late 2010s with the Zion teams and the, uh, the, um, the Marvin Bagley teams, like mm-hmm. that, that's Capel's masterpiece. It's what he's good at. And yeah. listen, getting guys to come to Duke is a lot easier than getting guys to come to Pitt. And I think he's starting to learn that, especially as the head honcho of the entire operation. I think he was really, really good at his role when he was at Duke. So maybe that is the natural landing spot for him to go back there. Yeah, I would love to do an investigative reporting on, you know, why he left, right? Because I think, you know, was he not second in command? Was he not like the Hubert Davis in waiting and someone who was going to finally get his shot whenever Coach K decided he wanted to leave? And, of course, I think COVID expedited this whole situation and said, you know, maybe maybe it's time. Go ahead and get us out of here. So I, I, it's interesting to see how it's all trickled out. But we'll definitely have to figure out where Pitt will find a win moving forward. Again, as you mentioned, they play Boston College next. But it's looking dicey. On the other side of that, though, you have Louisville, right? Right? They're a team sitting 10 and four. They figured out how to get things going, right? Had big win against Wake Forest and now have a good win against Pittsburgh and Georgia Tech. I think playing Florida State on Saturday will be another good win for them because that team, I don't know what they got going on, but it ain't great, right? So I think, you know, when you're looking at their schedule, they might, the biggest challenge might not come until Virginia or Duke. Yeah. And they didn't. January. I think the one thing that you look at with Louisville is they have not won an ACC game so far by more than five points. They're four and oh. So mm-hmm. you, listen, credit where credit's due. You're four and oh in the conference, but what is this conference? It's sort of like, uh, Oh, who have you beat? You beat NC state, you beat wake, you beat uh, Georgia tech, you beat Pitt. That's about as soft of a landing as you can have in this conference. And maybe you sprinkle in BC somewhere along the way. Um, but that's about as soft of a land. And listen, look at their next four too. 
You, you brought up the Florida State game. That, although, is on the road. And then you've got NC State at home, Pitt on the road, and Boston College. I mean, you're looking at a team that's going to be 7-1, and one, maybe even 8-0 when it's yeah. all said and done to open up this ACC slate. And, but it's, it just gets into what's the merit of that in this yeah. ACC. Like, you're beating up on a bunch of teams that, quite frankly, are bottom feeders and likely won't even make the NIT. Ooh, that's a tough one. Not even the NIT. They might have to do the one where you have to buy in to play in the tournament. <laughs> the CBI, yeah. <laughs> all tea, all shade. No, that's a lot to discuss. But we got another group of games that we want to go over. But first, I want to remind you guys that if you have not yet, make sure you try NetSuite, the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR planning, budget, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. Now, guys, when it comes to NetSuite, 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. So over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite for the new year. NetSuite has a new financial program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D. Head to netsuite.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Tyler Aki of Locked on Syracuse joining the show. And of course, we had him on the perfect time as we have to discuss Syracuse in Miami as the men played last night. And of course, it came down to the wire. It didn't start that way. It certainly was a great all Syracuse first half. In the second half, I guess Miami woke up and they're known for doing that. Miami Hurricanes are known for figuring things out and keeping themselves in games and kind of being that nagging team. But listen, the Hurricanes, they're finding a way to win. So talk to me about the Syracuse team first and how maybe frustrated you are with this squad because you know they can be better than what they've shown. It's defense. It's 100% defense. <laughs> Jim Beheim has tried to roll out all these different sort of lineups out there and different sort of schemes skewing a little bit from the, the traditional 2-3 zone. But there's just not the personnel right now. And mm-hmm. I, I look at it. Syracuse has always had a bunch of athletes on the floor. Usually you're looking at three or four, just jump out of the gym sort of athletes. Right now you look at the roster, you've got two on the team, I think, and they both come off the bench. Mm -hmm. And when I say there's three or four, there's three or four in the starting lineup usually. And then a couple Mm -hmm. more that are coming off the bench. You just don't have that right now on the Syracuse team. And that's what's holding them back defensively. They're a train wreck. And they're just kind of, and that's just sort of the status quo right now in the ACC is just train wreck defense left and right. But I'm just looking, I I don't see the solution either. I mean, there are a couple of times, like Syracuse could have won this game with a couple of personnel tweaks here and there. I think getting in a little bit more Benny Williams or Samir Torrin, some of those athletes off the bench, it would have helped. It would have helped in a lot of defensive sequences and it makes life a little bit easier on the back end of the zone there. But this team just, I mean, Defensively, Jim Beheim said it this week. I mean, they're a dumpster fire defensively. I mean, <laughs> that, that the reason they have lost every single game that they've lost this year is because of the defense. You can't mm-hmm. point to the offense for a single one of these losses so far this season. 
And when you look towards the NCAA tournament, a lot of talk is around Syracuse and how they always find fire and catch fire during around that time of that time of the season. Do you feel like defense is something that you can't necessarily just pick up and figure out when it's that time when you have to get hot and you have to have these games where you're playing lights, lightning speed, you know, one night after one night? Do you feel like they're going to figure it out in time? Or is it, you know, we thought this was going to be a special season with the Bayheim boys and Coach Bayheim and all this thing, but it may not be what people were expecting. So I think this applies in both football and in basketball. I do think defense gets better, actually, as mm-hmm. the season goes along. But I just don't know what even the ceiling is on okay. this defense when you look at the limited athleticism that they have in some of these really important areas. Because the only way this gets better is if Samir Torrance and Benny Williams get more minutes. And I just don't see that happening to a significant degree the rest of the mm-hmm. way. At yeah. this given point, I don't think it can get much better unless you start doing that, but then your offense is going to take a hit. I mean, Samir Torrance, his biggest problem right now is he cannot score at the rim. He can't. Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing that he's sort of effective at offensively is getting to the rim, but he's probably one of the worst finishers in the entire conference in that, in that painted area. So that's going to be a problem. Benny Williams hasn't proven to be an offensive threat all season long. And I I just don't think it can get, like, I think it can get better, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it can get better better enough to the point where it's going to make a significant difference and get this team into the NCAA tournament. No doubt. Syracuse will face Wake Forest here on Saturday. And then when you look at Miami, a team that is, again, currently sitting at 12-3, and surprisingly having a decent season in comparison to whatever we figure, you know, this season to be after coming off a win against Wake Forest. And Syracuse have a big test against Duke on Saturday. And I feel like this Miami team, again, is a team that doesn't necessarily go away in games. And if you, you know, hold – if you even give them – any sort of inch, they're going to run with it, and they could, you know, go away with a big time a win. And playing Duke, a team coming off COVID pause, it could we could see for a great matchup here on Saturday. It certainly could be. I mean, you've got guys that can just sort of catch fire, and, and in the case of Miami, getting a little bit healthier, you got Sam Wardenberg back from mm-hmm. off the the COVID list, so that's certainly something that can throw a little bit of a wrinkle when you've got a six ten guy who can stretch it out and beat you from deep and. I mean, Warrenberg, he hit one three in this game, but really it was Charlie Moore Mm -hmm. and his ability to shoot from pretty much wherever. And this is not a Miami team that is very good defensively. Again, we've kind of said it about pretty much every ACC team, but offensively, they're one of probably the top 25 offenses in the country. And they've got the versatility to sort of play with different lineups out there. So I I think Miami is a solid team. Again, I don't know how true their 4-0 is right now in the the conference, much like in the case of Louisville. Now, I do think there's a little more credence to what Miami's done in the conference so far Mm -hmm. as opposed to what Louisville's done because, I mean, you've gotten victories against Wake and and Clemson. Those are two of what we've seen so far, the better teams in the ACC, but I'm not putting a lot of stock in a victory at home over NC State. I'm not putting a lot of stock in a victory um, at home over Syracuse. Also worth noting, too, Miami, all four of their ACC games so far have come at home. So once you start going on the road, they have back-to-back road games at Duke and then at Florida State coming up. Those are their next two. Once you start going on the road a little bit, that's when you got to keep your eye out for Miami and see what they're doing away from uh, Coral Gables. 
For sure. And I think, you know, Isaiah Wong and um, McGusty are going to be two of the key players, as you mentioned, along with more who are going to have to show, you know, keep that rhythm going, keep that leadership going in terms of making sure that Miami is that clutch team that can really disturb some things because I think they can beat Florida State and hell, I think they can beat Carolina, which we will discuss because Carolina is a team that just I'm trying to be nice. And I said I would be nicer. I told Jersey Drake I was going to be nicer about Carolina this, you know, basketball season, but I'm going to find it a little bit difficult and challenging after coming up what would be, you know, what should have been a great energy booster. You beat Boston college by like 50 points, damn near. Why would you go into Notre Dame feeling like this was just going to be a gimme? I would love to know. What do you think? You know, this is just me talking to Tyler. What do you think is the mindset after you come after a big win? Do you say to yourself, yeah, this is going to be a gimme. Or do you want to just keep the momentum rolling as you Tyler, not even as a Carolina player, as you, Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, this Carolina team right now is just – it just lacks the the physicality of your traditional Carolina team, right? Like, sure, okay, they, they demolished North or Notre Dame on the, the in the rebounding battle here, but at the end of the day, this isn't a very big Notre Dame team that you expect to sort of put together rebounding performances against Carolina. What it comes down to, though, is – the fact that this team turns the ball over at a decently high rate. I mean, you look at some of the guys that you expect to go out there, your point guard, Caleb Love, four turnovers in this game. I mean, it's just, I don't know why people are sort of sleeping on this Notre Dame team left and right. Yeah. They've got a couple blue blood wins now. It's just, can they put the other pieces together? But Notre Dame's got a victory now against Kentucky. They've got a victory over North Carolina. Um, and I, I honestly think that Notre Dame's one of the more slept on teams. And I'm with you. I don't know why you're kind of, puffing your chest out if you're in North Carolina <laughs> heading into to Notre Dame because Great. This, yeah exactly this is a Notre Dame team that you can't sleep on no I think Blake Wesley is slowly fi- flying under the radar as being one of the best players in the ACC and Lazuski mm-hmm. he, he can shoot you out the gym so I think you know we'll go over that here in a second but man oh man I just want to get your mentality because I you know want to make sure I'm not being too harsh or critical towards my team but I, I feel like I'm going to let it rip here in a second all right guys locked on ACC fans if you have a team that you love to cover I have this incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about it's get upside my listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas they fill up by downloading the Get Upside app for free in the App Store or Google Play. Right now, use promo code SCORE and get a bonus of 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. Again, use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there is no catch the cash back gets added right to your account you can cash out anytime to your bank account paypal or an e-gift card or amazon or other brands download the free get upside app and use promo code score that's s-c-o-r-e to get 50 up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank bet online again the number one way to bet on all sports action is the fastest and easiest way it remains the number one spot for all sports rate during action for 2022 new year and new updated desktop and website to sign up today and receive a 50 percent on your first deposit use promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n to get started Football, basketball, hockey, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available to you. Bet online is where the game starts. 
Wrapping up today's show here, Tyler Aki locked on Syracuse and again mentioned Carolina and went up to North Bend and they decided to play the Fighting Irish and they went to sleep. Caleb Love was sitting here saying, I did not come out in the first half with enough energy and I blame myself for that and I wasn't great. Armando Baycott is apologizing to fans. He's apologizing to former players. He's apologizing to anyone that had to watch that embarrassing loss because that's just not who Carolina basketball is, and they came up short against the Fighting Irish, again, losing 78-73. to It was a lot closer, even in those last couple minutes, than people thought R.J. Davis hit one to nearly put them within three. But, of course, you cannot play that battle for the free throw line with a team like Notre Dame, and they paid for it. And so we're sitting here saying, Hubert Davis, what we got going on, big dog, with that defense? As much as you talked about, you know, but buddy. Jim Beheim and why Syracuse can't figure it out. I don't think the Heels can figure it out as well. They don't play as a team. And I think that's the biggest part. We talk about one and dunners. We talk about, you know, guys just finding their way. Everyone wants to be the superstar. Everyone wants to put their team on their back, but not remembering or forgetting that you have to play with four other guys and not having Dawson Garcia out there, not having, what's the other guy's name? The one with the fro. Why am I looking at his face right now? Kerwin Walton, not having him available as well, definitely played a hindrance. He hasn't been having the season that we're used to seeing, but we know shooters are streaky and they can get hot at any time. But again, as you evaluate both teams, do you feel like this was more of a great win for Notre Dame or a horrible loss for UNC? I think it's a good win for Notre Dame. Um, Protecting your home court. Listen, I, I think Notre Dame is the most slept on team in this conference right now. Mm-hmm. And and maybe that will evolve into Virginia Tech, given the the start that the Hokies have had. I believe they're zero and three right now to to open up ACC play. But this is a Notre Dame team that beginning of the season I legitimately thought could maybe be a sneaky team to win the ACC tournament. I don't think they're they're going to win the ACC regular season by any stretch of the imagination, but they're a team that could get hot in the ACC tournament and put together some of these big time performances. I mean. You don't want to see a, a team of Blake Wesley, Nate Lashevsky, and Prentice Hub on the other side as a as an ACC dark horse. And I don't know exactly where they'll finish in the regular season because as much of the highs of what we've seen from Notre Dame this season with victories over uh, North Carolina and and um, and, uh, Kentucky. and Kentucky, we, we've also seen them lose to Boston College in, in convincing mm-hmm. fashion too. So. I still like this this Notre Dame team a lot. They, they really challenge themselves, too, in the non-conference. When you look at, okay, they went out, played St. Mary's. Uh, they, they lost to Texas A&M, lost to Illinois, lost to Indiana in the Crossroad Classic. So they've played a lot of good teams. Even though they have five losses, I would say all but one really are quality losses. You, don't have, you only have the one singular bad loss at the moment. And we'll see yeah. how far that takes them this year yeah absolutely listen never bet against the kid who is born and raised and puts the squad on his back and Blake Wesley and I think that he's proven how much he loves the program and how much he's willing to do for them so yeah I totally agree there and I think it's going to be interesting how they progress through the season a lot of big games coming up on Saturday that we'll have to you know really get previewed for if you come back tomorrow with Jersey Drake in the building but be remiss if we did not talk about women's hoops here for a second as we know Thursday is always a time for women to get down and we have some big matchups going into tonight North Carolina number 19 plays NC State number five and Syracuse playing Boston College want to give a little love there of course always great to have some ACC action Pittsburgh will play Louisville and then Wake Forest plays Miami I think you know especially if you're a local person, we've heard a lot of discussing discussed about uh, NC State and Carolina, but I think as a whole, women's hoops is secretly we're talking about people being under the radar. Women's basketball has probably been one of the highlights for this conference going into the year. No doubt, and, and I think 
the reason why women's hoops this year maybe flew a little under the radar was the injury to Paige Beckers. And when mm-hmm. she went down, it was a big letdown, I think, for the entire sport. You don't want to be without your yeah. stars. But that's one of the things about it is, like, you've seen some of these other teams sort of rise to the occasion. We've seen some really good games night in and night out. And even some teams that you didn't expect to to be good this year in women's hoops, especially in the ACC. Like, I, I take a look at a Syracuse, a team that literally revamped their entire roster because of yeah. all the things that transpired in the offseason with coach Q, but now they've come out and they've picked up some, some pretty solid wins so far this season. So there's been a lot to like so far on the women's side as well. No doubt. Again, Louisville sitting in the top 25, talk about Georgia tech, talk about NC state, Carolina, all of the great schools that I think will continue to really put us on the map when it comes to women's hoops. So you guys make sure you check those out. Tyler, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Can you please remind folks of where they can find you and follow all of your great content? Yeah, you can check us out Locked on Syracuse every single weekday, Monday through Friday. We're on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse, and you can find myself at Tyler, A-K-I underscore. Do you guys have Discord as well? Or are you working? We do that? not have Discord. I, I, I barely know what Discord is. I, I'm, <laughs> not, I haven't gotten that far. I don't have the time for Discord. What, here, ex- I love that. Elevator pitch, what is Discord? Hey, listen, I barely know what Discord is myself, but I feel like that's every time I get on social media, everyone's like, would you guys do a Discord if I joined it? And what's Locked on Seminoles, they have a Discord. Basically, it allows people to just come on and just like let things rip. It's essentially oh, okay. like having a it's like the Twitter spaces. Yes. Is it like Twitter yes. spaces? Yeah, I know the Florida but you can, but people you love can... their Twitter spaces. <laughs> you can talk. Uh, you can te- text it out so you don't have to necessarily get on. Oh, you don't okay. get on the stage and like gotcha, let your, gotcha. let air it out. You just sit here and put your grievances. Kind of like a, a live message board. That's essentially what okay. I've been understood to believe Discord is. So maybe that's something for the future. I'll, maybe uh, we'll you know, start look... that up then. Yeah, there I, you I, go. I like that. <laughs> I'm going to talk to Tim, see how it goes. <laughs> For sure. We'll, we'll, we'll pitch that out there. But guys, it's always a pleasure. And I want to remind y'all that Locked on Georgia Tech is a great podcast and Bryce Kuhn is doing big things. I have been watching his stuff and apparently has some great interviews that you guys do not want to miss, as well as getting some bets in, as I mentioned, Bet Online. BetOnline.ag is a great place to go, but as well as Locked on Bets, you can get your school, your boy. I want to call him Schoolboy Q every single time. <laughs> Like I'm always wanting to call him Schoolboy Q, and that really bothers me because, like, I you know I enjoy Schoolboy Q. Man of the year. That's, that's, there we go. That's exactly where I go every time I say your boy Q and Lee Sterling. I don't know if Lee Sterling has a rap name yet, but we'll work on that. Um, Locked on Bets podcast. This is great, great pitch. I know. I hope they use this one in the back end. Locked on Bets podcast. <laughs> you guys make sure you get that wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for making us your first listen. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on ACC. I think I ripped everything off in enough time. For Gannis Cooper and Tyler Aki, until next time.